Welcome, thank you everyone for joining us. This is Parsha on Thursday night on Sinai Radio, the SinaiRadio.com and the Sinai Radio app. I am Rabbi Moshe Teichman and this week's Parsha is Parsha's Turuma. Okay, it's also um, um, good, um, not Chodesh, not Rosh Chodesh anymore, but Adar. We're in the happy month of Adar. Okay. So before we get into this week's Parsha, I want to give you the following question uh, that was bothering me. I want to um, ask the question. So there's a Gemara. There's a famous Gemara. And the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says that Misha Nichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha. So I correct myself. The Gemara, it's Nichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha. When Adar comes, we should increase our happiness, our simcha. And then it says, when the month of Av comes, we should decrease our happiness. Okay. Now, this is a halacha. <laughs> this is a commandment. That, Adar is now, you now have a commandment to increase your simcha. So I have a following question. I can understand a commandment to keep kosher. I can understand a commandment to uh, follow halacha, do certain things. I have a commandment to be besimcha, to be happy. Okay, so, you know, eventually, when there are uh, robots taking over this world, and every, you know, we're walking around with a bunch of uh, robots everywhere, then the robots will have an emotion uh, sensor that we could turn the buttons, you know, and push the happiness level higher in the month of other. But I hate to say this, I don't have any buttons like that. I wish I did. It would be great. I'd be happy all the time. Um, we, we are people, and we have emotions. And you command me to be happy, but what if I'm not, that I'm doing something wrong? Then how, what, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit almost, not absurd, but it's a little bit almost like, yeah, but I can't be happy now. Something sad happened. Or, you know, sup, you know, we are not, we're allowed to be sad. There are times when we're allowed to be sad. I'm not supposed to walk around depressed, but maybe there's time that I'm sad now. Well, so I'm a, I get a error because I'm not happy. Hey, you can't, it's, it's, of course we can, we can have a commandment to control our anger, not to put ourselves in a situation where we're anger. But it's, it sounds interesting. I mean, adar, mar besimcha. How do we do that? So I shared with my students today uh, one approach. And the approach that I will share with you tonight, let's go, we're going to do two approaches. First, the approach I share with today, and then another approach that I think we can glean from this week's Parsha. The first approach is, I think, as follows. It's not necessarily that we should go and just turn the buttons and become automatically happy. I think it's a little bit more like who is happy? Right? So what does Pirkei tell us? Who is the happy man? The one who is happy with his lot. The one who is truly happy with what he has. Now, what do you mean happy with what you have? What if you have nothing? Then you can't be a happy man. So that's not what it means. It doesn't mean the only person who could be happy is someone who is satisfied with what he has. And if you don't have satisfied with what you have, then you have nothing. 
It means everyone could be satisfied with what they have and be happy. No matter what you have. You could have zero. You could be satisfied with what you have. How is that possible? It's all about perspective. If I look at what I have, and I have a meager, meager, poor man, somebody who doesn't have a lot, looks at his meager possession and says, oh, thank God Hashem gave me what I have, and I am so lucky to have that. Then everything in this house is worth gold. You know? Um, you know, in, in, the, in the high school I teach in the afternoon, they, uh, they have two parts of the base of Medrash. The first part is the old base Medrash, and then they added on an addition uh, to make it much bigger, the new base Medrash. So they're connected. Um, and for Purim, the boys thought it would be very, very cute to take all the bookcases and put it across the base Medrash to like, make it in half to how it used to be, you know, like the smaller area. And someone was telling me that I never appreciated, one of the students said to me today, you know, Remy, I never appreciated how big our base menace was until, you know, until they took away half of it. And now I'm like, oh gosh, I can't wait till they move the bookcases back because it's so stuffy in here. You know, you don't appreciate what you have until you don't have it anymore. And one who is really appreciative of what he has, really, really appreciates everything Hashem gives him. Says, oh, look how lucky I am to have my health. Look at that. Look, oh, other things are not going good. Okay. But I know Akkadosh Baruch is always with me. I know he's taking care of me. I know everything he gives me is what I need in this world. And that brings happiness. And I think that perspective is one possible perspective that we can take to Mikhaim this midst of happiness. Instead of looking what you don't have, Let's look at what we do have. Instead of focusing on all the bad stuff, let's focus on something that is good. And let's be happy with our situation. Aza, who's, who, is the, that, who is happy when he's happy with what he has? And at this time of the Nadar, when we read the Megillah, and we read that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so behind the scenes, we read the amazing miracles that looked, oh no, the Jewish people are done, but Hashem set it up. That when the time came and the Jews did tshuva, that all of a sudden Helmut fell. He was there the whole time. That's the whole story of the Megillah. That's why it starts by the story of Achishverosh and Bashti. That's why we have to know about Mordechai and Big Son and Sheriff. We have to know that HaKadosh Baruch set it up. He put everyone in the right place. He moved the capital of Shushan. The capital of Shushan was in Bavel. And he had, because Achishverosh wanted, he wanted... Shlomo HaMelech's throne and the only people who could build Shlomo HaMelech's throne says, says the Gra was in Shushan. So he moved the capital of Babel to Shushan in order to get this throne, to, to recreate Shlomo HaMelech's throne because he couldn't, the original one, he wasn't able to ascend you know, for different reasons, they say, because the lions came out and attacked him. But either way, he wanted to have this throne to legitimize his kingship because we know that Achishverosh was not a legitimate king. He married the granddaughter of Baal and therefore became king, but he wasn't necessarily himself of royal blood, and therefore he wanted to make himself a legitimate king. But that was all Hashem putting that in place. Went to Shushan, where Mordechai happened to be, and then Mordechai, brought, Mordechai helped to bring out the Geula. But Hashem had it under control the whole time. <laughs> Hashem took care of it. And that is the story of Purim, and that is what we focus on. That Hashem is there at all times. And if we focus on what we do have good, that will help us come realize, oh, Baruch Hashem, I'm good. And it will help 
us forget about looking at the bad as bad and looking at everything we have as good. And that's a perspective, one perspective. Perspective number one, to be happy during the month of Adar. And perspective number two, um, before we get to perspective number two, let's ask a question. The following, play the following scene in your head, okay? A husband comes home and his wife tells him, her, her wife tells him, sorry about that, his wife tells him, you know, tomorrow's my birthday. She go, he goes, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, it's your birthday tomorrow. Um, happy uh, early birthday. Uh, goes, yeah, but it's my birthday tomorrow. You know, oh, 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 oh present. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you something. I got you something. He quickly runs out, goes to the store, buys him something. You know, and, and she texts him, make sure the present is for me. When you buy the present, make sure it's for me. Um, husband goes, okay. I don't know who else I would be buying your birthday present for. <laughs> But, of course, it's for you. And then she comes home. No, is it for me? Um, yes. I bought it for your birthday. It can't be for anyone else. I'm not giving someone else a present on your birthday. So it must be for you. That's absurd, right? So let's look at this week's parsha. It says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Truma. Right? Right in the beginning of this week's parsha. Take for me Truma. It says Rashi, why is Hashem saying li truma? Lilishmi. What does this mean? Take for me truma? Why not just say take truma? Take for me truma, take it lishma. When you take the truma and you take the money that's gonna to go to build the base amigdash, make sure the sorry, the Mishkan, make sure it is in Lishma. You do it for me, not for any ulterior motives, just for me. So it sounds like there is a specific commandment from Hashem that they should make sure that the truma is lishma. Sounds like, at least, question that my Rebbe of Atuch Libowitz, the Rizal asks, sounds like that if not for this commandment, then there is a chance that they wouldn't do it lishma, that they wouldn't do it l'shem shemaim, they wouldn't do it for Hashem, they would do it for some other motive. So the friends could say, oh, look what he's giving to the Mishkan, right? But, but we're not talking about regular people. We're talking about the Dordea, they just got the Torah. Now, of course, according to Rashi, this, this episode takes place after the Chedar Egel, where they did a sin of the golden calf. But they're still very special people. And this Mishkan is being given to them as a kapara, as a forgiveness for the Chedahegel, for the sin of the golden calf. So why is it important for the Torah? Now, we, as we mentioned many, many times on this very program, that the Torah does not tell us anything that is not important for us to know. There's no extra things. There's no, oh, I just threw it in for fun. No, no, every single thing in the Torah is specifically to tell us, to teach us that they're for a purpose. Then, what is this here for? Of course it's going to be Lishma. Imagine this, they just did the Chedar Egel. They get, it, they get this chance to do Tshuva, and then, oh, 
I'm going to bring my gold. But it's really, you know, I'm going to say it's for God. But in the back of my head, it's because I want my friend Yankel to look at me and go, oh, look at that man. He's bringing it. He's doing such a good mitzvah. Come on. It's very difficult to hear. Especially when who else is the Mishkan for? It's for Hashem. So of course you're bringing it, Lishma. And the answer is also difficult to understand. The answer is as follows. Well, not just more of an answer, more of a, of a must, must be we can learn from here. That doing something Lishma is very difficult. And even when you are on such a high level, and even when what you're doing can, can't possibly be construed, not Lishma, can't possibly thought of, of course, I'm bringing it to the Mishkan, what other purpose does it have? It's still very hard to do it, Lishma. It's very difficult to do it just for no alternative motives, just because Hashem. It's not an easy task to do something only for the purpose of Hashem. The question is, though, yeah, <laughs> it's very difficult. So, so the question is, how do we get it to be Lishma? Right? We want to get there. We want to climb the ladder to Lishma. So in this case, Hashem said, make sure it's a Shma. So the people would be have a Hazara, have a warning, make sure it's a Shma. So they make sure before they bring it, it's Lishma. But in every single day life, when we do mitzvahs and we do things, how do we make sure that we're that we're in? To, we're doing lishma. We're doing it for l'shem shemayim. We're doing it because Hakadosh Baruch Hu told us to do it, and not for any older ulterior motives. We keep the mitzvahs not because the guy in the shul will see me davening and, and shuckling back and forth, and my eyes closed, and my tits is going back, my payas going back and forth, and my yarmulke tilting on my head, the size nine yarmulke I have covering every single part of my yarmulke, and he says, oh, look at that guy is so from. We're not doing, how do we make sure that that's not why we do the mitzvah? But we're doing the mitzvahs because we daven to Hashem, we do the mitzvahs because Hashem said to do it. To make Hashem's name great into this world. How do we get there? So, a few weeks ago, I was um, at a synagogue, a shul in my neighborhood. And the Rav, Rabbi Epstein, was, was giving a speech. And he, and, and during Shalashudas, and he said a very interesting story. He said there was a guy he knows who when he wakes up in the morning, he goes to a, a mirror, <laughs> believe it or not, and he stands by the mirror and he smiles at the mirror. And when asked from his family, what is he doing? What are you doing? What are you sitting and smiling at a mirror for? No, maybe we have to commit you. You know, what are you doing? Um, you know, I, I know you're funny looking, but you're not that funny looking. No, I'm just kidding. But what are you doing? He said, because I need to make sure that I'm, when I smile at myself and I see it, I'm not going anywhere until I have a genuine smile on my face. I, it's not genuine? Yeah. But when I do something on the outside, it's going to make me feel happy in the inside. Because the idea of chitzonius to outside pushes us inside and helps us inside. I think it's a similar concept to the idea of shalolishma balishma. When I do something, it's, if it's a mitzvah, 
if it's mitzvah, if it's a good thing, and I do it not necessarily all for the right reasons, and I continue myself in a regimen of continue doing those mitzvahs, and I make myself into a mitzvah man, it will eventually become fully 100% lishma. It's funny though, because when he was telling that story, I remember when I was in yeshiva in Israel, I had a, a <laughs> really hard time sleeping, like crazy time, hard time sleeping. Because every because it was the building that we were in was made out of stone and it echoed, echoed everywhere. And and people there was a lot of bacharim, like eighty one students in this yeshiva in the school, and they're all in the dorm upstairs. And it was loud at night. And and I and I have to, uh, you know, I'm gonna get my beauty rest. And I was in a room just me and another me and another um, another student. And uh, most rooms had three or four. We just had two, a smaller, tiny room in the corner. And I thought it would be great. It was away from everyone else. And I thought I'd be able to get some sleep. And guess what? No sleep for me. And I was up all night. And, you know, I used to wake up in the morning. And I had this hara. And I didn't, this happened 12, 14 years ago. I'd get up and I would smile at the mirror. Why? My roommate was like also a little freaked out. But I said, because I need to wake up in a good mood. Because I'm obviously tired. I'm obviously not getting enough sleep at night. But if I wake up grouchy, my entire day is going to be bad. I don't mean the smile. I don't know where I got the idea from. You know, but at the end of the day, that's what I did. And it's, it's funny because it works. Sometimes when you do something not genuine, as long as it's not something that's bad, something that's good, you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. Just doing because something is hard to do something lishma. It ends up pushing us to end up doing the mitzvah lishma. When we, we start something off, maybe not fully 100% for the right reasons, it will end up becoming lishma. And I think that could be a way that we could fulfill this. Let's do it. Shalom lishma. Because eventually it will become lishma. And I, I'm sure... There are those thinking, hey, one second, if that's the answer, Shalolishma Balishma, if it's not not for the sake of heaven, it will eventually become for the sake of heaven, then why can Hashem just tell him, hey, bring Truma, even if it's not Lishma, but eventually when you bring it, because the Mishkan, when it's the Mishkan Hashem, needs to be fully Lishma. That's a different idea. But ourselves, when we do mitzvos, it's super hard to do Lishma. It's very challenging. It was challenging for the people in the Midbar after receiving the Torah on such a high level. It's challenging for us. But if we put ourselves in a regimen of doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, you know, being respectful, following being on the Mechavero laws, making sure we're not hurting anybody, we'll eventually get to the point where we're doing it L'Shem Shemayim. We're doing it for the sake of heaven. That's an amazing thing. And I think that can answer the question we asked at the beginning. Ador comes. I have to be happy. Right? How? <laughs> but I'm not happy. You know, today, with my class, um, we, I have the, seven, the, we, the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders in my school, we got together, we had a breakfast, an Ador breakfast, we had some speeches, we had, we had, we had some bagels and cream cheese and oranges, such a great time, we danced. And at one point, one of the kids says, let's go dance around the whole school. <laughs> so I, I got permission, you know, as I was running down, w- walking with them, I saw the principal, I waved at him, he told me, he, I gave me permission. We walked around to all the elementary school classrooms. And there was one classroom, <laughs> it must have been in the middle of a very serious um, lesson. 
because we walked in, I gave the teacher like a head, like away from the doorway. She she said, "Come in," and not a single kid got up and danced with us. You know, like <laughs> no, it was like just the eighth, the, the, all the middle school kids. Were, I mean, maybe it was because we're intimidating big boys walking into a classroom of younger students, and it was a little intimidating for them. And we were walking around in circles. Misha, 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 Misha. You know, I had to stop at one point and go to the tables and start clapping. Come on, guys, clap for us! Hey. The students were sitting there stone-faced. They must have been very, you know, uh, very in the middle of... There could be simcha all around us. But if we're not going to join in with the dancing, we're not going to join in with the happiness, we're not going to be happy. If we're not going to at least try something, oh, but I'm not happy, but try something. I mean, obviously, don't force yourself to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. That's not what I mean. But I mean, do something nice for somebody. Do something to make yourself happy. Besides for the first thing we said, that the perspective, if that doesn't work, sometimes faking a smile when you walk by someone could really help make someone else's day. Now one day I walked, I walked into school today, I had a migraine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It hit me right before Mincha. I was about to teach. I had three more classes to teach. And I said to myself, how am I going to do it? Okay, so the first thing I thought was, like, great, I'll go home, you know, free, free day, go to sleep and everything will be great. But then I thought about it and said, listen, I, can, I think I can make it through my lessons. The minute I walked into the basement, it was right before Mikha, five students came over to me to tell me things and they were excited and happy. And I, I remember myself forcing to smile, <laughs> you know, because I, I couldn't. I actually didn't even dive with the mini. I walked out. I couldn't sit there. My head really was... It went away. Thank God. You know, a few minutes later, with some water. I took time, I took some aspirin. It went, it went away. But at that point, I couldn't smile. But I forced myself to smile. Because it makes someone else's day. And you know what? It made me feel good too. It made me even happier. Maybe that helped get rid of the headache. I don't know. No, no doctor. But Mishinichnas Adar Marv Masimcha. If we could use these two, two, two ideas. Number one, put things in perspective. Focus on the positivity. Focus on that Hashem is with us at all times. The story of the Megillah. Hashem doesn't sleep. He doesn't go away. He is there constantly. Watching us at all times. The second thing. Fake it till you make it. Because sometimes when you fake it, you'll make it. Especially with being happy. You know, because when I smile, even when it's not 100% sincere and I get a smile back, it becomes sincere. When I dance, even though it's not 100% sincere, like today, I was also in the morning, a little tired, a little out of it, but I was dancing around, Misha, Misha, with all the students. It became sincere. I had a great time. You know, brought me back to my days as, you know, as an eighth grader, running around the school with my Rebbe. You know, it was exciting. It was exciting for the students. They had such a great time. And I think that will help us get to this idea of Misha Nicholas Adar. Marvin Basimcha. Um, okay. I think we have... Let's do one quick um, more Devar Torah. Idea from this Parsha, because we spent the entire Parsha on just the first Pasuk. So let's do a Medrash. The Medrash says... That 
that the time that Yisrael, the Bnei Yisrael said, Nasev and Ishma, then, they, then right after that, Hashem said, V'yichli Truma, take the Truma to make me the Mishkan. So, according to the Sefer Chasan, Chasan, Chasan Ishai, it goes through the whole idea of trying to understand why is it only after Nasev and Ishma? What's so special about the fact that they said Nasev and Ishma? That then they can have a Mishkan. Why couldn't they have a Mishkan before? Why is giving the Torah the impetus to the Mishkan? The impetus to the Mishkan is to have a closeness with Hashem. So you can have it without the Torah, technically speaking, without Nasev and Ishma. And he says, amazingly, he says there's an idea that when they gave things for the Mishkan, they had to give it Lishma. Sorry, not, not Lishma, that was the other Devar Torah. They had to give it from, it says, Kesev Vizav. But it says Zahav Tahar. Why does it continue saying Zahav Tahar? Why does it have to be Zahav that is, whole, that is pure? It doesn't say Tahar by anything else. Because Kesev they had in abundance. Kesev, the Bnei Yisrael had in abundance. There was no need for anyone to want to steal. Because everyone had Kesev. Because they took it for the Mitzvah. Now Zahav was on short supply. So Zav, there was a chashash, there was a gold which was in short supply. So there was a little bit of a, 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 a maybe that someone would bring some Zav gold that was not was that was stolen, that was not his. Not necessarily outright stealing, but there's two there's there are many different types of stealing. There's stealing where we outright steal it, and there's stealing when we make a bad deal with somebody, and stealing when we trick somebody into something, stealing when we like sort of, you know, are not so careful with somebody else's property, that's stealing too. So they couldn't do that until they got the Torah. Until the Torah came and taught them all the laws, there was always a chashash that maybe the Zav they had was stealing. So comes the Torah, teaches them all the different pratim of what it means to be a... Um, good business dealing, all the business dealing. Uh, what, so Zahav now is Zahav Tahar. And that's why the Torah specifically says Zahav Tahar. But until the Torah was given, the Mishkan couldn't be built. Because the Mishkan needed to be built without any money or any materials that might have had any gazela involved. Many, any stealing, any little bit or even slight dishonesty involved with it. That's amazing. You know, we know that when now the base of English is destroyed, that we all have a chance to make a Mishkan, you know, in our shuls. We know that every household where there's peace is in essence its own mitdash. But it could only become that when we are honest. It could only fully, we can only fully get there if we conduct ourselves with honesty. And yeah, it's not just honesty is something that good people do. It's honesty that everyone should be doing. Because the Shina cannot rest when it's dishonest. And if we use this idea to be careful in everything we do, then the Shina will surely rest. Surely, surely rest. The Hashem's countenance will surely rest upon us and our households and everything we do. Okay, with that, thank you again for joining us. 
again, this was Parsha on Thursday night on Sinai Radio, SinaiRadio.com, and the Sinai Radio app. If you have not downloaded the Sinai Radio app, you should. I have it. It's great. Um, and if you would like to contact me, you could reach me at RabbiMTeichman at gmail.com for a sponsorship for, or for any other reasons, questions, comments, or anything. You can reach me at RabbiMTeichman at gmail.com, R-A-B-B-I-M-T-E-I-C-H-M-A-N at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to, um, I guess, uh, joining us, to you joining us again next week. Parsh Tzara. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos and a good night.